Hello, 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 and thank you so much for pressing play on the latest edition of the Michigan Soccer Central Podcast, your weekly dip into the world's game being played right here in the Great Lakes State. My name is Robert Kerr, your host of the program once again. Probably the longest layoff the show has had. I've got a new job and a number of fun trips and vacations and a couple music festivals mixed in there. So it's been a nice little hiatus, but back at it here again this week. Got a great, a great guest, especially uh, since he wears a number of hats in the soccer world. Dave Dwayhe co-founder, co-owner of Detroit City FC, as well as coach of this year's women's side for them. And then uh, also has his uh, hat in the high school coaching world, coaching University Liggett, who is currently undefeated um, in high school ball. So great person to catch up with on all the fronts as, uh, you know, I may not have been making the program, but uh, the soccer world never sleeps. And uh, Dave is a great conversation and a great person to talk to. And uh, we cover a lot of bases in our conversation. Please give us a follow at MI Soccer Central across the social media platforms. Got to give a big shout out to the Instagram page. Well over 11,000 followers on there now. So that's very exciting. It's great to to, uh, see that the content is being well received. If you have any suggestions, comments, questions, or something that you want us to uh, dig into a little bit more, send us an email, michigansoccercentral at gmail.com. All right. Before any further delay, let's listen to DCFC co-founder, co-owner, coach, and high school coach, Dave Dwahi, here on the Michigan Soccer Central Podcast. Welcome back here on Michigan Soccer Central Podcast. Up next, very special segment as we welcome a man who uh, has a number of titles, wears a number of hats, and I'm very excited excited to speak with him about all of them. Co-founder, co-owner, and a coach for Detroit City FC, as well as a math teacher and a high school coach. I'm very excited and proud to welcome Mr. Dave Dwayhe to the Michigan Soccer Central Podcast. How are you doing, sir? I'm great, Robert. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor, and I'm really looking forward to it. So as a person who also does many, many different things uh, with uh, soccer and day jobs and family and all that, how do you balance all of these uh, responsibilities and uh, tasks? jobs. Yeah, I, I think the short answer is my, my wife. <laughs> um, she's a tremendous support to me. Uh, you know, she's um, always been the first to encourage me to take on new professional challenges. Uh, most recently, the opportunity to coach the Detroit City FC women's team. And, um, you know, she really kind of allows me the free, you know, gives me the freedom to uh, explore these opportunities. And I always know that, you know, the, the home front is being held down. Um, she's a great mother to our two children and um, really picks up a lot of the slack that I leave behind at home when I'm off coaching and playing and, and doing all, all the fun soccer activities. And, um, you know, she's really encouraged me to continue to pursue that that big part of my life. 
So she wants to kick you out of the house all the time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I say these things right away just to make sure, um, you know, she gets her credit, uh, but it's, it's well-deserved. And, and I do have a really great support system at work as well, um, both on the, uh, on the school and the coaching side at school, but also uh, with, my, with my fellow co-owners and, and partners at Detroit City FC. So it's certainly not um, easy at times, and there's, there's plenty of challenges and plenty of conflicts, but uh, I've got some great people around me that um, make it all work. Yeah, it seems to be the way uh, with uh, many successful people that, you know, there's a, there's a team behind the man and, uh, you know, there's propping you up and putting you in the position to succeed. Yep. So um, there's a number of different uh, topics uh, to speak with you about uh, with all your different uh, positions. But I think um, with it being in the forefront, uh, you are the, the coach at uh, University Liggett and uh, your boys' side this fall have gotten off to a hot start, 6-0. and um, What can you say about the team and uh, kind of the approach to the season and how this year has compared to ones in the past so far? Yeah, we have, we have a great team. I mean, we have some fantastic individual talent, uh, a handful of really experienced, talented seniors, um, and also on the other end of the spectrum, some really impressive freshmen that have come in and, and made their mark right away. But I think above all, just the, the chemistry of the group, um, you know, our, our most talented players are, are also our most humble and selfless. And I think we've got that really unique mix where there's there's like no ego in it. And, um, you know, the guys that are scoring the goals and the guys that are stopping the goals from going in, they're, they're like the first to encourage someone else and to prop someone else up. And I think, um, you know, you can you can sometimes have a very talented team with some internal strife. And sometimes you can have teams that are not as talented, but they get along really well and play really well together. And and, and you can do everything in between. But I, I feel like this group sort of has both. Um, you know, we've got some very capable players, but they all get along really well and play well together. So uh, we've, we've overachieved a bit. And I think we've gotten some really great results just by virtue of having a good dynamic among the boys. Um, and they're, they're really fun. I mean, I'm really enjoying it. Is there a coaching like shorthand a name for the type of player who is maybe one of the most talented, impactful, yet one of uh, the humble players? Um, I mean, <laughs> uh, favorite, <laughs> uh, you know, like those are the ones you dream about. Like, uh, you know, the kid that's really got it all in terms of in talent and quality, but they're they're not they're not a rascal about it. <laughs> um, you know, I think sometimes you you gotta take the good with the bad and sometimes the really high level players, especially on the high school side, um, you know, they're, they're club players when they're not in school and they come into the high school environment and maybe they are either overconfident or a little bit um, uh, short tempered with their teammates because they're frustrated or it's not the level they're used to. Uh, and that's certainly understandable, but I feel like, you know, we've got, we've got one player in particular, Claudio Cavallo, he's a senior Um First team all state is a sophomore and as a junior, he's got the school single season and career goal scoring. I mean, he's a, he's a generational talent for us. Um, and yet he's like the quietest guy on the team and he leads by example and never gets upset with someone when they don't put the ball where he wants it. I mean, he's just like a fantastic teammate. Um, and he's not the only one like that. You know, we've got a handful of seniors that are playing at a really high level, especially for division four high school soccer. And they're just like, they're cool to everyone. So I think that's really our biggest asset as a team um, is the, that combination of talent and uh, quality in terms of personality and, and character.
I see your team uh, has pitched uh, five out of the six uh, matches of the season thus far have been shutouts. So it seems that uh, you're you're doing taking care of business on both ends. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't want to jinx them, but I feel like defensively we've we've done a really good job. Um, you know, and I think our, our our best form of defense, you know, is, is cliche, but like, you know, we, we attack pretty well and we, we put a lot of pressure on other teams in the midfield and up front. And so I think it takes a lot of pressure off of our back line, but they're really focused. Um, you know, the two center backs are seniors. Uh, one in particular has been playing for a really long time. The other is an amazing athlete and he's a, he's a very coachable player. And I think with that combo, they just, they're always alert. And, you know, even when you're sometimes maybe a little bit in control of a, of a game, the one or two counters that come the other way hurt you because you're like, you're not in the rhythm of the game defensively. Um, but they're just always switched on. And so, you know, during those moments where I feel like, oh, this might be it, you know, the other team's going to break and we're not ready for it. They're always there. And, you know, they've just been really consistent and making sure that the handful of times that we've got to defend, like really, really defend, we're under the gun a little bit. They just step up and take care of business. And we've had a, a really nice... Um, Kind of unexpected surprise our, our goalie our starting goalie um he's like a, a u of m committed baseball player uh amazing athlete and good size and he's just like a quick study and he's just like figured out how to play goalie and we were replacing an outgoing senior goalie and we were a little bit worried about that position but this kid's just come in and been fantastic he can punt it like well into the other team's half his distribution is really good especially with his hands and so like we 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 had a position that I thought might be an area of weakness and it's just become an area of strength. So that's been a, been a little bit of a added boost to the back as well. Definitely something unique to the high school uh, level. I imagine is the kids that are still developing and maybe two years ago, he wasn't even on the radar and all of a sudden he's a standout. I've, I've heard that story that, that that's gotta be something uh, pretty exciting. And then also just like, maybe that person doesn't pop up this year. Like, how do you plan for that? Yeah. I, I think you, you, you hope for some dumb luck and <laughs> we certainly had our fair share. Um, but I think it's also sort of the nature of the beast in, in division four. Um, you know, we're a very small school. And so, um, just to feel the team every year, you know, you hope that you're going to have some kids that sort of just decide to play soccer. Um, and, uh, and maybe give it a try and, and hope that it's a positive experience for them. And then maybe a year or two later, they end up being, you know, key players for you. Um, and when it doesn't happen, you know, then you rebuild or you, you try and focus on other things. And, um, you know, I have the luxury of being a teacher in the building as well. And so, um, you know, I coach a lot of the boys that I teach and vice versa. And, and I think, you know, when we've had down seasons or seasons where we're not, you know, as successful as we've been in recent years, um, I think being a teacher really is, is helpful in allowing you to still create a positive experience for them and, um, you know, focus on, you know, the, the many things that, that are beneficial to a student athlete in high school, not just, you know, winning games, but, you know, being part of a team, competing, pushing yourself outside your comfort zone, being accountable to your coach and your teammates, you know, if you're having a down season, I think kids are still getting a lot out of it, hopefully. And so, um, you know, you still, still enjoy that aspect of it as a, as a teacher and coach. So in your math classes, how many of the story problems end up being soccer related? Most of them. Yeah. Any vertical motion problem is me kicking a ball up in the air, a player kicking a ball up in the air. Um, yeah. All sorts of good options there. 
Uh, how much does it uh, the soccer come up in just like school day? Um, well, like this year, I think you know, I'm teaching primarily juniors and seniors, and, and we do have a junior senior heavy team. So uh, I, I'd say you know about half the team I'm, I'm teaching, um, or close to half. And uh, so in class, we can't help but talk about the season. You know, and I, <laughs> earlier today, I remember I actually like kind of apologized to the to the rest of the class for getting wrapped up in something that didn't necessarily pertain to them. But um, I think everybody gets it. You know, you're excited and they're, they're doing well. Um, we had had a, a really good game on Saturday against Shrine, which is a rival for us. And so, of course, they want to like, you know, full debrief of the game, talk about all the moments, all the good, you know, the highlights. And uh, and so it's it's a lot of fun. Um, and I really do think, you know, for, for anyone out there that, that teaches and coaches, they'll tell you, um, you know, the one thing really feeds the other well. Um, and then on a personal level, for me, anytime I've been, you know, a little bit going through the motions as a teacher, coaching kind of helps shake me out of that. And anytime I'm getting a little bit exhausted by all that goes into coaching, I can pour myself into teaching a little bit. And, and you know, they kind of help me stay fresh in both realms. So speaking of uh, the new things in in uh, coaching this summer, for the first time, you were uh, head coach of uh, DCFC's uh, women's side in the USLW. Mm-hmm. Um, just, ha- ha- I guess, just a, a blanket, like you're one in the books. Uh, how was that challenge overall, like at this point? Uh, it was amazing. Um, you know, I mentioned my wife earlier. It was an opportunity that really came up unexpectedly. We were, I was kind of part of of the search committee for, for a new coach, uh, Sam Pirani, who's an old friend and teammate of mine from many years ago, done, did an amazing job getting the women's team off the ground for us, um, put in a ton of work to build a team, gave us three amazing years. And uh, basically it was just so busy on the club side that he couldn't, he couldn't do both anymore. Um, and so it was, you know, very much an, an amicable thing. And he, he left us in great hands and handed everything over. And, uh, you know, as we were trying to find someone, it kind of got to the point where I said to the guys, like, well, you know, if we can't find anyone, I can, I can maybe step up and give it a shot until we can find someone for more, to more permanently fill the role. Um, and my partners were kind of, they were like, yeah, let's do it. Like, let's stop searching, like, give it a shot. Um, and of course, you know, the first person I talked to about it was my wife and she was super excited for me to give it a go. And uh, once I had that, you know, once I had that encouragement, I was, I was really, I found myself really excited about it. Um, and Sam, like I said, handed over the reins. So night, you know, kind of introduced me to the group that had been in place for the last three years and um, gave me a lot of good advice and, and instruction and encouragement. And, and before I knew it, we were playing our first game a couple months later. So it was, you know, it's kind of like, a, it's all a blur now, you know, it was a really fast and furious season. You're basically playing 12 games in two months. And then it's over <laughs> unless you make the playoffs. And even still, it's pretty short because the college players need to report in August. Um, so I uh, can't believe it's over already, but it's months ago now. And um, it, was, it was a great ride. I mean, I enjoyed every minute of it. Uh, professionally, it was like a huge challenge for me. It's definitely the highest level I've ever coached. Um, and, uh, and I was just blown away by the quality of the players. Um, so... I had to kind of like keep myself in check and, you know, remember that I was a coach. Like sometimes you just want to watch and be like, wow, they're so good. And I, you know, like I, I default to being a fan for any Detroit city FC team. 
Um, but uh, in this case, you know, I, I was on the sidelines. I had to I had to decide who was going to get subbed in and, you know, what we we're going to say at halftime. And so that kind of thing really gave me a, a fresh experience in terms of watching games. But it, it was awesome. I really, really enjoyed it. That's got to be quite an interesting feeling to be just like overly, like wildly impressed with uh, your the team at your disposal. Um, yeah, that was probably pretty wild experience. As uh, you, you mentioned that, but uh, when you were in the in the back, you know, ten plus years ago, you and uh, the other founding members of the club uh, were, were were putting the idea of the club together. Did you ever think that? Uh, Obviously, you played in that in the, the early days, but did you ever see yourself? Or did you ever think until this came about that you'd ever lead one of the teams? No, never. I never considered it. And I, we always had it in mind to have a women's team. You know, it was just one of those things we wanted to make sure that any new thing, any new aspect of the club, that we did it, that we did it right. And we gave it the full attention and funding and, and time and space that it needed. And so, um, you know, once we added a women's team, I was just excited to go to support them and to, um, you know, I registered the players. And so I was, um, I always kind of knew who was involved and I got to know a few of them over those first few years. Um, but yeah, I just saw myself as a, as a supporter and then to, you know, be tasked with putting the team together and getting them ready for the first game and, you know, getting them through a season. It was definitely like a very unexpected challenge. Um, but just like playing, I, you know, I felt like this real um, genuine connection to it all. You know, when I was playing that first, those first two years, uh, I always tell people like it was the first time in my life as a player that I think I really, I, I, I really played with gratitude, you know, for the experience because so much was going into each game, you know, getting things set up, communicating with referees and the other team. I spent all this time just making sure the game would happen. And then like once the whistle blew, I was just like, Oh, I get to enjoy it, you know, and if I got on the field, it was even better. Um, and I felt like it was kind of the same experience with the women's team. You know, we put all these years into making this thing happen. And then, you know, the whistle blows and just like, oh, I'm just, I'm just going to enjoy this. I want to make sure I don't let this game or minute or practice or whatever it was. I didn't want it to pass me by and not look around and realize what a blessing it was to be involved. So I really, I, you know, I really enjoyed coaching the women kind of the same way I enjoyed playing. With all the things that go into putting on a game and building a, a club that's, you know, just about year round now, um, where's that? Like, I guess, how does your day look? But like, your, what are your DCFC responsibilities year round, I guess, is the simple version of my question. These days, we have yeah, of the of the five guys that kind of started this thing in 2012 and four of whom are still involved. Um, I'm one, I'm the one of the four that's not full-time with the club. And so, you know, thanks to their hard work and all the staff that they've brought on, um, I really have no daily responsibilities every, uh, well, once a year when the men's season is ramping up, I do the player registration for the men. So I, I'm, you know, a little bit busy with that for about a month, getting the guys registered in the system and all the paperwork that goes with it. Um, and then I was doing the same thing for the women's team, which I continue to do. Uh, and then obviously coaching the women gave me a couple months of busyness. Uh, but like this time of year, you know, I'm, I'm really, there's nothing I need to do, nothing pressing every once in a, in a while an email will come my way that I you know, might need to respond to, or we'll have an owner's meeting that I'll need to attend. Um, but for the most part, I've been able to keep hundred percent of my focus on my day job, teaching and coaching. 
Do you uh, go to the game as a fan then, uh, the championship games, or how how does that work? Yeah, almost every game. I'm uh, I'm there whenever I can be, and I'm I'm always sad to miss a game. I, um, I'd say of of the home games, I probably make ninety percent of them, um, and uh, it's that that too is something that I'm just immensely grateful for because it's so neat to be out there and like what you know like you, you do all this work and sometimes you almost forget like what it's all about and then they they start kicking the ball around and you're like oh yeah like this is and you see that the supporters going nuts and and all the environment around the game and just like oh yeah this is this special thing that you know i've been involved with from its beginning which you know it's really exciting yeah i can't imagine it just seems like that while just to be involved in one thing for the, for that long you know uh, these days people you know go from job to job quite often just to have mm-hmm. something in your life outside of family go that long and it has multiple chapters to it as well as you know the origin days with the uh, cast tech and then the 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 nisa days and now the usl days it's it's already yeah. you know becoming a, a segmented uh you know timeline yeah, we almost we almost have a coffee table book, you know. Like I feel like we're close. We got enough chapters now to to write that book. But. Just got to get uh, Trevor James like raising the USL trophy, right? Yeah, I think that once that happens, you know, then we're then it's complete. That would be amazing. Yeah, so that brings us to yeah the the next thing for uh, the men's side, the recent. Uh, announcement that uh, Trevor James is going to be moving to an executive role and there's going to be, uh, you know, there's a coach hunt going on. Uh, what's the status of the, the coach hunt and what's the, the water cooler talk on that front? Yeah. I'm, so I, you know, admittedly, I'm a little removed from that at this point. Um, you might, the three guys I mentioned who are full-time with the club, you know, they were the ones that really had the bulk of the discussion with Trevor around, you know, long-term plans um, I've gotten to know, I, I almost kind of view myself more as just like a, a friend for, you know, like I've really enjoyed getting to know Trevor over the years. I'm a, I'm a huge admirer of his, um, a lot of, you know, a lot of what I was talking about earlier in terms of the things I value in the, the current Liggett squad, um, really in many ways was sort of influenced by what I've learned from Trevor as far as like what he values in a team. Um, it's been so cool to watch him build this group up for the last few years and in the NISA days. And like, I think he really prides himself and I think he's got a really unique talent in sort of spotting those players that might not, you know, on the surface level be like obvious recruits or obvious, you know, guys that are going to play at that next level, but he kind of sees qualities in those guys, subtle qualities sometimes. Um, but, but primarily like he focuses on their character um and like it's amazing to see how well that's worked out I, I look at our team and I hear from some of the guys that are like new into the group you hear them give interviews and they all pretty consistently they point to the fact that it's like a really healthy locker room there's a great dynamic among the players there's a lot of trust between the players and the the coaching staff Trevor in particular but also his wife Tiffany who does a lot of work on the player wellness side um, yeah, I feel like they're really like a, almost a package deal. They work so well together. Um, and so it's just been, you know, I realize I'm not quite answering your question at this point. I could go on about Trevor and Tiffany um, and this current squad for a really long time. I just, uh, I'm so proud of that team. Like they really do represent the club and the city so well. Um, but, you know, I think uh, going back to your question, um, 
you know, it's, it's, it's still in the early stages. You know, I think Trevor always saw himself sort of graduating into more of like a general manager type position. Um, you know, he, he, he was honest in the beginning about how, you know, his career as a coach was probably um, nearing its, its end. Like, you know, based on his age and experience and everything, I think it always made sense for him to graduate into a position where he doesn't have to deal with all the day-to-day and the travel and the, the huge stress that falls on the feet of a head coach at this level. Um, so I'm really excited for him to have the opportunity to continue to influence the makeup of the team, but do so in a way that's maybe a little more sustainable for him. Um, and I'm excited to see who he, you know, essentially who he brings in because it's really going to be his, his appointment, uh, whoever comes in for head coach. So without asking too, like prodding too hard, what is your like kind of favorite coaching style like what is your are you uh, a yeller or a screamer are you what's your coaching style and what do you like when uh from other coaches yeah i think i'm just a a fan uh, of teams that you really like and might be invested in yeah i mean i i i i I think trevor's style is extremely attractive to me um and i try and I, i might i might be a little bit more vocal at the high school level because I, I think an important part of my job is to be a cheerleader. Um, and I, you know, I'd, I'd say that pretty much everything I say during a game is positive and encouraging and trying to reinforce the good things. And I've always tried to coach that way. I, that was the style of the coaches that I most appreciated. And just in terms of my personality, like I, I'd never yell, I'd never, you know, demean someone or be critical. Cause I also recognize how hard the game is. <laughs> And anytime someone makes a mistake, I, you know, I acknowledge like, yeah, I've, I've done that too. <laughs> um, so it's really easy for me to, you know, look past the mistakes and try and focus on the good. Um, I think Trevor's much the same way. He lets the players play. Um, and what I really appreciate about him is the example he sets just in terms of like, you know, he's, he stays so level-headed and even-keeled um, and the players follow his lead. You know, the one thing that I think has helped the men's team achieve what they've achieved in the last four years under his leadership is that they never get rattled. Um, they don't get into it with the referee. I know when a call goes against us, they don't let it hurt us. Um, like they don't let it hurt us again by, you know, losing focus. And then the other team sneaks in and scores. I, I feel like they really pride themselves on, on being like laser focused the whole game. Um, and a big part of that is like emotional control and being able to, um, you know, roll with the punches that a game inevitably throws your way. And, and Trevor is just like, so uh, demonstrative of that. Like he's never rattled, never looks like he's freaking out. I've never seen him yell at a player. Um, I'm sure he's had halftime talks where he had to be brutally honest and encourage the guys to step up. But I mean, even then I'm sure he did it in a way that was respectful and, and um, you know, like, came from a place of love and I feel like the guys really respond well to that. I feel like all players respond well to that. I, I, I firmly believe that's the way to coach. Um, so I'm a big fan of the way he does it. I'm pretty confident and hopeful that he'll bring someone in who's cut from the same cloth. Um, Cause I think, you know, the idea is we've got a team that by and large is on two year contracts right now. And so, you know, a lot of these guys are planning on coming in next year and that's the expectation. And so, you know, whatever coach comes in, we really have to, Trevor, I'm sure, will consider the fact that that coach is coming into the group that's used to Trevor. Um, and so, you know, it'll make sense to bring in someone that, um, at the very least, uh, 
you know, respects the, the style that Trevor has uh, established. Do you think that uh, the men's side is going to sneak into the playoffs here? I do. Yeah, I'm really, uh, I'm confident. Um, and, you know, I think what's, what's so great about this group is that they've already, they've already overcome so much adversity this year. I mean, really uh, a lot of bad luck, um, a lot of games that, you know, were decided in a moment that just didn't go our way or, you know, a call that was unfortunate and, and they just never gave up. Like a lot of people, you know, a lot of the supporters were politely, I think, giving up on, you know, our hopes of a playoff run and all that. And it might not happen, you know, anything can happen. Tulsa looks really good right now. So, you know, we got our work cut out for us, but I just feel like, you know, this group of guys, they've got so much resilience and character. And um, I think, you know, at the very least, they're going to make it interesting in a way that people didn't think was possible a couple months ago. So uh, I believe in them. I, I know they believe in themselves and I'm excited to see them pull it off. Interesting how it's come down to Tulsa again, because if correct me if I'm wrong, that's the, the team that uh, Detroit finished just ahead of to get the last playoff spot last year too, right? I think you're right. I, I, like Last year is such a blur to me, but I think you're right. I think we did edge them out. And, uh, you know, last year was kind of a funny, I mean, it, I, I hope it'll prove to be kind of the opposite because last year we started surprisingly well. Uh, we got really hot early in the season. We kind of established ourselves as like a, a playoff, a likely playoff team. And then, you know, kind of saw it through. But as the regular season uh, ended, we, we struggled a bit and we started to lose a bit of our form and then you know it, no one was too surprised when we lost in the playoffs because we were kind of we were in the middle of a little bit of a dip um and I feel like this year if we are going to make the playoffs we're going to have to finish strong I mean I feel like we've been really strong up until the the slip up in Phoenix um but I I also feel like that was just you know a, hopefully just a little blip in the radar and we get right back on track on Saturday um but I imagine if we make the playoffs we'll have probably done well in our last few games and maybe that propels us you know sometimes finishing strong is much better for a playoff run than starting strong yeah with the old american adage uh you know get hot at the right time in the playoffs right very very true very true and i i kind of liken it to the the liggett boys situation last year we had an amazing regular season i think according to the the head coach that preceded me, who's my mentor and the guy that brought me to Liggett in the first place, he claims we, we were undefeated last regular season. And he claims that was like the first time we had ever done that in program history. And then we lost in the first round of districts and penalties. And so it kind of thought, hey, you know, maybe maybe all that success was a bit of a jinx. But, um, you know, hopefully the DCFC men can, you know, uh, utilize the, the struggle that they've overcome as fuel to get hot at the end here and, and make some moves in the in the tournament or in the in the playoffs. Yeah, undefeated this year with the boys and last year. That's an incredible uh, incredible feat. And uh, you also coach uh, the girls in the spring too, right? I do. Yeah, yeah. So it was a busy it was a busy spring in twenty twenty three. Um, but yeah, we've got a great group. Um, graduated an amazing class had three seniors last year that are all college level players. One in particular who played with us for the first half of the season. She's at North Carolina, um, pretty special talent. So we, we've done well. And then, uh, are you going to have another, uh, busy summer, uh, coaching the women's team? 
Yeah, I think that's the plan. Um, I'll definitely coach the girls at Liggett again. And, uh, you know, I've spoken with the guys at DCFC and I think, you know, we haven't, we haven't like locked anything in or firmed anything up just yet, but it looks very likely that I'll, I'll return as a head coach. And I'm hoping that I'll be able to retain the awesome staff that I had with me. Um, I actually, my the associate head coach, my, you know, my right-hand guy is also an assistant with me at Liggett. So we've got, uh, his name's Nate Northup. He's an amazing coach, played professionally in, in what was the A-League with uh, Wilmington Hammerheads. And he's an amazing guy. He works at the school, super lucky that he ended up there. And uh, we were already talking about this spring, you know, when we're at the boys' practices, we're juggling while the boys warm up or whatever. And we're always saying, like, okay, let's, you know, think, thinking about the spring and looking back on the season that was, but also like really excited to think about the prospects for the future. Just about the process of coaching. Um, you're talking about Trevor James, maybe easing back from the high pressure job, but like, obviously there's the, the jobs we do and that there's a reason why we do what we do, but almost every single job has something that maybe you don't like, or is like the most difficult aspect of it in the process of coaching, just the job of being the head coach. What is, like the stickiest part or what is like the part that, that really is, is like the work part of it? Well, on, on the, as far as the DCFC women's team, that definitely the, the part that I, you know, I guess I should phrase it as that I um, enjoyed the least. And I, actually that's wrong. Cause I didn't enjoy this at all. It's, it's when you have to select 18 to dress and you've got a squad of 25 healthy players, you know, 30 rostered, but you know, at any given time we were basically working with about, 25 players at training and they're coming to training and they're working hard. And, you know, when I referenced earlier how impressed I was, I mean, we would roll the balls out at training. We would introduce a, a drill or, or what a passing sequence, whatever it was. And like, they were just like, boom, they were on it. Total buy-in, total focus, everyone, no, no exceptions. And so when you've got that kind of buy-in and that sort of uh, commitment from all the players, and then before a game, you have to tell seven or eight of them, like you're not even, you're not even dressing. Um, there's a lot of disappointment in that, a lot of questions about that. And they're all at such a high level that it's, it's subjective. You know, it's, it's never, it's, it's very rare that you can point to something objective when you're making those decisions. It's, you know, sometimes it's position based, sometimes it's who's hot, whatever, who's cold, but, but still it's like, ultimately you're telling someone I'm, I'm choosing these other players over you. Um, and this is a player that you still want invested and that you hope will maybe play in the next game or maybe you'll choose them two games down the road. And so that was, um, you know, I guess it was a really good thing for me to experience professionally because, um, you know, there's no good way to deliver that news. There's no good way to, there's nothing you can do to make someone feel better about not being chosen. But I think if you are, um, you know, honest and respectful, uh, and as communicative as possible, then it goes a long way. So even though I definitely hated that, I hated that part of the job. I hated telling people they weren't going to play. I, I, even within the 18 that I chose, I hated telling seven of them they weren't going to start. And uh, and when you sub someone on and off, that's hard because someone's coming out of the game and you know they want to be out there the whole time. You know, these are competitive women who play at a super high level. Um, they all want to contribute in the most meaningful way, being on the field. So it's so hard um, and uh, you second guess yourself and, you know, you, 
million thoughts run through your mind. Am I, you know, should I give this person a chance? Like, it's just, it's a constant struggle, but um, it's also a part of the job and it's necessary. And you, you hear coaches at all levels, uh, I should say all levels where there are those restrictions. Um, they all say the same thing. You know, Pep Guardiola talks about how he has to tell Riyad Mahrez that he's not starting in the Champions League final. And how do you tell one of the best players in the world that they're not, they're not in the 11? Um, and obviously that's a, a, another level still. But, um, you know, with the women I was coaching, I, I still felt that same, um, like, uh, I don't know, it, just, it, it felt wrong. <laughs> it's like, who am I to tell them that they shouldn't be, you know, in the 18th? So um, that was definitely a, 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 the unsavory part of the job. Um, but in contrast, there are so many amazing things about it. Um, and I think if you're doing things right, even in the midst of that disappointment, you're still encouraging those players and you're helping them grow. And the college players especially, you're helping them prepare for their season. And so if training is good and if you're, if you're providing a good environment, a good professional environment, then I think it always helped me feel a little better to think, well, at least the other parts of the experience are enjoyable for them and they'll get their chance, you know, stick around and you'll get, you'll get your opportunities. Um, so is that sort of thing delivered like the, the last day of training before a match and do you like have a list and they look at it and you hang around to discuss? Cause I imagine sticking the team on the, the whiteboard and running away is yeah. not the right thing to do. Yeah, these days, you know, what we we um, it's a little tricky because you know, on it one on, on one hand, you want to like you want to see them train as much as possible before you make a decision, but sometimes training would be the night before a game, and you also want to give them like the courtesy of knowing whether they're dressing or not, so that they can prepare. You know, the college players in particular, and actually, not even the college players only, like those who are out of school, they're working, they have families. Everyone sort of benefits from a heads up on that. <laughs> Um, you know, if it's the weekend, they can still make plans, do other things, play somewhere else. So you, I always wanted to give them as much notice as possible, but you want to give them a chance to earn the spot in training. So it's, you know, sometimes it was a little bit of a tight rope, like, a, you know, trying to figure that out. But the way we, you know, I did a lot of communication through email and then, you know, hopefully they all felt comfortable approaching me about things after the fact. And I got to say, you know, to a player, uh, those who were disappointed were always super professional and stand up about it. And if they took issue with the decision, they were respectful. And, you know, if they had questions, they asked them, but uh, everybody, every player was, was awesome in the face of disappointment. And that was really um, made the job a lot. It made a tricky thing a lot easier for me. Um, and, you know, I think it's, it's one of those things you're one of those examples where the sport prepares you for life, you know, them having to deal with that. I think that's a good realistic uh, trial run for things that happen in, in our careers. You know, we, you get tasked with something that you don't want to do. You, you lose a job, you get more responsibility with no more pay, you know, all sorts of things happen in your life where if you're not pleased with it and you're going to say something, you, you're always better off approaching it diplomatically and respectfully. Um, and sometimes you just got to let those disappointments motivate you to grow and do better and, improve and, and I and I felt like the players really did that. So um you know kind of a a positive spin on a on a ne- negative thing, a negative part of it all. Yeah, I didn't mean to to make you dwell on on, on the part of the job that, that you like the least, but I was just curious cuz like sometimes you can get hung up on the things you don't like 
that you know sometimes they get in the way of, of the joyful parts of the things that we pursue so um, yeah. we, we can move on past that no i, I appreciate it. I, I clearly i had to talk through that <laughs> <laughs> yeah but uh dave uh with uh you obviously you 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 played uh as a youth you played in college uh you helped start a team uh, you're coaching uh kids and uh coaching you know these college age so you've seen a whole lot of soccer and i used to ask this question uh, a lot when i first started this program but with uh you having seen and experienced so much of this game can what is your favorite goal that you've been a part of whether it was coaching or playing Ooh, great question that's a fun one when I, I think that my, the, oh man, that's fun to think about. I probably, can I, can I, can I like choose a couple? Yeah, for sure. I think, I think as a player, the, the, my favorite goal, I was, I was like 14 or 15 and we were in like a, an indoor tournament and uh, back in those days, well, I, I think even still, but especially back when I was growing up in the, when I was playing in the early nineties, arena soccer was very popular, especially for clubs in the Midwest you know, we played like five in a goalie. Nowadays there's places where you can play like 11 on 11 year round. And, um, but like the indoor soccer with boards was like a big thing. And we were, we were playing this team that had beaten us in the regional tournament. It was like our chance to get revenge. And we came back, we tied it up and uh, it was tied. It was at the end. And I was like, um, I was like in front of the goalie and my buddy kind of clipped one over the top. And I sort of no looked it and like flicked it behind me with my foot. Like I, I knew what I was doing, but I didn't, you know, I just kind of hoped for the best. And I like, I don't know, somehow I remember that goal as vividly as though it was like yesterday. And it like, you know, kind of went to the corner that I was hoping it would go in. And we won and everybody went nuts. And I, I still, I, I remember that goal so clearly. So I think that's the favorite one I was, that I, that I scored, that I was a part of. Um, as a coach, uh, Man, there've been there've been some great ones, um, you know, on the on the DCFC level, because you know I've really only got one season as a coach there to draw on. Um, oh man, we had some nice ones this season. We had some really nice ones. I felt like in our last game when we when we won six nothing against AFC Ann Arbor, um, there were some nice goals scored in that game, but. There was uh, Maddie Duncan, who's like a right back. You know, she was playing defense all game. Um, at the very end, I think it was like our fifth or sixth goal. She like, for some reason, you know, sometimes just inexplicable things happen. For some reason, she like went bombing forward. This ball got played across. And it was like one of those things where, I, you know, you could try and recreate that goal a hundred times and never do it just right. But like the ball went just right and she headed it just right. And it like went right over the goalie and under the bar. And it was like the end of the season and we won our last game and we locked up third place. So a lot of positives that night. But like in recent memory, that was like the most pleased I've been with a goal. Like it was just like everybody involved deserved it. Maddie, you know, wasn't scoring a lot of goals. She's a defensive player, but she had her moment to really enjoy one and shine. That was pretty special. Um, and then uh, I don't know, any of the Connor Rutt's bicycle kicks were pretty great. For uh, for the men, um, yeah, a lot of a lot of great memories of goals, playing and coaching. But I think that one when I was fourteen or fifteen 
might stay with me for a while. Sounds like it was a pretty sweet one. <laughs> Very fortunate. It was, it was lucky, but I'll take it. This con- the context was important. You know? Well, uh, Mr. Dave Dwayhe, co-founder, uh, coach, and uh, university ligate, uh, math teacher, and uh, head uh, soccer coach. Uh, thank you so much for joining the Michigan Soccer Central Podcast. It's been a, a real pleasure to uh, speak with you. Likewise. Thank you so much for having me on, Robert. Keep up the great work. I uh, really enjoy all that you guys do at Michigan Soccer Central. And I know I speak on behalf of all the everyone in the high school soccer world, but the coaches in particular and the players who really appreciate the coverage and the, the attention you give to a sport that you know I think we all love. And so it's nice to have it covered properly. So thank you. Thank you. And uh, your University Liga team is back in action on Wednesday the 19th against Crystal Ray and then back-to-back at the weekend, Jackson Lumen Christie and then uh, Detroit Cast Tech. So all the best there, sir. Thanks. Yeah, we got a tough week. Hopefully we can get through it okay. school that was a wonderful conversation thanks to him for his time and his answers and insight thank you to you listener for tuning in to the michigan soccer central podcast big thanks to jenny hajnaki for editing the program as always she's been very busy other places so i always appreciate her time and thank you to the msc court team and just the soccer world in general thank you so much thank you listener And uh, until next time, everybody, please enjoy your soccer.